Hey, welcome everybody. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, welcome to week four of Back to Basics. Basic isn't bad. What to do when you don't know what to do. I told Shannon that is the longest title ever. But hey, it makes sense for what we, what we are talking about to get tonight, guys. And tonight I am preaching and <laughs> I... I always feel so uncomfortable speaking. If I if this was a keyboard, I should have just like put keys right here. If this was a keyboard, I would feel so comfortable. You know, when we're in worship, we've got the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's what I'm missing tonight. And we've just had an awesome worship service. The the pad is quietly playing in the background and you know, I hit a I hit a chord every every few words. I can totally do that. I could preach a whole sermon from behind a keyboard, but doing this, doing this tonight, this is not me. This is foreign, but I'm here. That's out of my comfort zone. So here we go. You know, the last few weeks we've talked about um, basic isn't bad. And the, the first week we talked about Bible reading and how important it is to know your word. The second week we talked about prayer and having that, that fellowship, that communication with God. And tonight we're going to be talking about communication. I'm sorry. I said communication. Tonight we're going to be talking about community. So I want to take us through a few examples in the Bible, um, three that I found, I, I feel like just really illustrate how community is so important to us and what God says about community. The Bible is pretty clear about a lot of things. How we should live our lives is one of them, and community for unbelievers is so important. So the first thing that I want to talk to you tonight about community is that we were made for it. The first example of community that I want us to look at is right at the beginning of the Bible. It's in chapter 2 of Genesis. Uh, in Genesis, we, we've read that God has created everything, the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the, the water, the land, the animals, all the plants, everything. And he's created man. And this is what he said in verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For if you eat of it, you will certainly die. Then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. This is the first time that God had said anything was not good. Up to this point, God had created everything and he had said that it was good or it's very good. And we see the earth and everything in it, is, in it was perfect in form and in function, just the way that God had created it. Then in verse 18, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I wanted to look at what God was really saying there, not good. You know, we see not good in terms of, well, it's got to be bad then, right? But the original word there was lotov, and I, I, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. But what it meant was not as intended. So, you know, I could take a hammer, I, mean, I could take a screwdriver and I've done this and try to use it as a hammer, right? Because I don't want to go to the garage to get a hammer. But the screwdriver isn't good as a hammer. It's not what it was intended to do. God, it wasn't God's plan for man to be alone. Man could not fulfill God's purpose for his life alone. God wasn't saying that Adam alone in the garden was bad. He was saying that Adam alone in the garden wasn't intended, wasn't how he intended Adam to live. Now, this isn't a message about companionship or relationship because we can derive all of those things from this text. But I want us to focus on the community aspect of this verse, the aspect of not living alone. You know, I can do a lot of things on my own. 
I live most, I can live most of my life on my own. I can celebrate on my own. I can mourn on my own. I can enjoy life alone. And I've done that. I've pulled away from people in my life at times and, and I've, and I've done things on my own. I've kept people at arm's length and, and put a smile on my face and said, everything's fine and life is good. When on the inside, sometimes I was feeling lonely and, and feeling forgotten. But I've also been on the other side of the spectrum and invited people into my life. I've shared my experiences and I can tell you that there's nothing like having a community of people to rally behind you. There's nothing like those random messages and texts and calls of encouragement from your community. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, I shared on the Real Life Devo that I was having one of the most stressful, craziest days that I've had in a long time. I was sleep deprived. I was stressed out and just busy to the, to the max. And I didn't see how I could finish the day without losing my mind. At the busiest moment, I stopped and I leaned into my community. I asked for prayer. And, and within minutes, no, within seconds, responses started flooding back, th- back to me. And in that moment, nothing about my circumstance changed, but everything about my perspective did. I wasn't Ronnie, the one who was carrying everything alone on my shoulders. I was sharing the burden and releasing it to my community. And in doing that, I was releasing it to God. In the moments that followed my outcry for support, I could feel the prayers and God's provision just flooding my soul. We were made to share our burdens and to, and to share our celebrations, to share our lives. There's so many examples of that in the Bible. Secondly, I believe that community brings unity. We see this in the early, in the early church in Acts. In Acts 2.1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They were together, but more than being together, they were in unity. Further down in Acts, it explains that, and it says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They had everything in common. Community brings unity. They were together for the sole purpose of serving God, being in His presence, growing in relationship with Him. Think about that for a minute. The sole purpose of serving God and being in His presence. I went back through and I looked at unity. I looked, I looked up what unity meant. And unity means the state of being united or being joined as a whole. And then I went back to uh, in common. That verse said they had everything in common. And I looked it up and in common means joint interest. So the verse here isn't saying that everyone in the upper room liked the color of the curtains, that they liked the old pews, that they liked the, the style of worship music they were singing. It doesn't say anything about what they did or didn't like, but it says they had everything in common. They had a joint interest. They were there for Jesus. They were there for the love of God. How many times are we there for other reasons? Being in a community of believers who love God will point you in the direction that you need to look. Being in a community of believers whose eyes are fixed on Jesus will point you to Jesus. Later on in this chapter, it says, The Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. And those new believers were being added to a community of unity, a community of, peoples who, a, a community of people whose eyes were fixed on Jesus. This reminds me of that old song, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, 
Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we're together in a community of people whose focus is Jesus, whose eyes are focused on Jesus, everything else fades away. When Jesus is number one, what should be number two becomes number two. And what should become number three becomes number three. Because what is number one, what should be number one, is number one. Honestly, this entire chapter reflects God's heart for community. Being in community community with other believers helps point us to Jesus. Third, community invites the presence of God. Being in community invites the presence of God. Matthew 18, 20 tells us, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. We also see this in the beginning of Acts Acts chapter 2. They were together in the upper room when the Spirit of God fell. When we are gathered in Jesus' name, He's with us. This is pretty self-explanatory. Jesus said this. When we're gathered in His name, He is there. Think about this for a minute, though. When we're gathered in His name, in His name, in His name, In today's culture, I think it's easy for us to forget whose name we're gathering in. We gather in the name of our circumstance because that's what's sitting on the throne of our heart. Or we gather in the name of tradition. Or we gather in the name of habit. We gather in the name of ourselves. We gather in our name because we can't take our eyes off of ourselves for just a moment. I think we see such a move in Acts chapter 2 because they were gathered in Jesus' name in unity, and in pursuit of Him. Three things that we don't always get. You see, we tend to get it wrong. We gather, but we don't gather with Jesus on the throne. We gather with our circumstance, our issue, our problem lifted so high, and we tell ourselves that we've placed it just high enough for Jesus to get. We've placed it just high enough to be right at the feet of Jesus so that He can reach down, and He doesn't have to reach very far, But when we've lifted our problem, our circumstances up like this, that's all we see. Our problem eclipses what we should be looking at, and that's Jesus. I'm lifting this thing up to you, God, the God of the universe, the King above all kings, the one who spoke everything into existence. But when we've lifted it this high, it's all we see. We forget all the things that we just mentioned about God. Everything that, that God is is eclipsed by that circumstance. When God just wants us to look at Him, to fix our eyes on the things above, we forget that the God of the universe, the King of kings, the one who spoke the, everything into existence, can reach down and take care of everything. When we come to Him surrendered, hands lifted high, He takes what we have, good or bad, and He makes something beautiful. 
when we don't know what to do, we have to come back to the basics. Reading the word, knowing what God says about, what God says for us and for our lives, what God says about us and who we are. We have to come back to prayer, to that fellowship with God, that communication with God. And we have to come back to community, being with God's people because we were made for it. Being in community with other believers brings unity and being in community invites the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are, God. We thank you, God, that you have given us a guideline for everything in our lives, Lord. Everything that we should do, God, how we should live, Jesus. And Father, we thank you that you provide other people in our lives, God, that can that can come alongside us, strengthen us, Father God. And Lord, as a whole, when we're together, Father, you were there, Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would just be with us tonight, God, and we give you praise and glory in your precious name. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week. We love you guys. And more than ever tonight, real life happens every day. Why do it alone?